0: You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. No doubt. Uh, Adolf Hitler is a name that probably most people in the room would have heard of. Uh, Adolf Hitler um, led Germany through the Second World War and is responsible, they say, for the death of some um, six million Jews. You know, I'm, I'm sure that it's probably more than that, but millions and millions of people died because of this particular individual whose face appears on the screen behind me, a very much an infamous figure. Joseph Stalin. Uh, was the, uh, the leader of the Soviet Union um, During the last century as well They say that under this guy um, Tens of millions of people died uh, Nobody knows really exactly how many But it's uh, safe to say uh, That at least 20 million people died Because of that particular face That you see on the screen right now Are you feeling encouraged? Uh, Osama bin Laden a name that probably you've heard of in this century, in this last couple of decades Started an organisation called Al-Qaeda, an Islamic sect if you will Responsible for the death of 3 million people on one day And everybody's heard of 9-11 I should imagine, the 11th of September that uh, the World Trade Centre was smashed by a couple of aeroplanes and on that day, 3,000 people died. How many people have died at the uh, hands of Al-Qaeda? I can't tell you. I don't know anybody that really can, but it's probably safe to say thousands upon thousands. Did you ever think the world would be better if these people never existed? Uh, Did you ever think it would have been far better if these individuals had been cut off at birth or for some reason or another maybe got killed as children or something but never grew up to become... The, the, the evil geniuses that they became, and as a result, caused pain and suffering in an untold measure. Uh, did you ever kind of wish that um, maybe Satan never existed? Uh, I mean, where the heck did he come from anyway? I mean, seriously, if God is this loving, uh, powerful, beautiful, holy, just, righteous individual, what was you do in creating Satan in the first place? I mean, where did Satan come from? I mean, like everything, he must have had his origin with God. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that was all there was. Uh, it doesn't say in the beginning You know, there was, there was God and, and, and Satan, because there wasn't. It was just God. And one day, uh, Satan came into being. But Satan came into being as a result of being created at some point By God, uh, I could ask the question why, but i got even a deeper question than why. Like, why would God do that, you know? Why would you, if you were all-powerful, all-knowing, why would you let this bloke live? Leave alone um, Satan, if you could stop it. Where on earth, as I said, a deeper question, and that's, can God do it? I mean, if God is the personification of purity and righteousness, how does Something so pure Something so righteous Something so holy Create Something as, as, as dark Destructive and, and demonic as Satan Is it even possible That such darkness Can come from light Is it even possible You know they say that the, um, the Fruit doesn't fall far from the tree Well How far from the tree Is How far is darkness from light Like, you can't even get your head around it. Um, So how did it happen? Why did it happen? And why should you care? See why you should care. I'm going to show you in a minute how it happened. I'm going to show you where Satan came from. Now, the reason I'm going to do it is not to kind of perhaps answer some macabre, weird academic curiosity. Uh, In fact, the opposite. Really, really, really practical reason. Really, really practical reason. I'm going to show you how it develops. And I wouldn't mind betting that I show you how Satan evolves that you see yourself. Um, I'm going to show you the process of evolution that formed Satan from the created being Lucifer. And in so doing, um, we might come across... An experience, a reaction, or a moment that you yourself have embraced. Now, if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, you go, I don't even believe in Satan. Okay, that's all right. That's fine too. Um, well, what, well, am I just wasting my time? No, no, you're not. Because you'll see the process of relationship breakdown. Uh, you'll see these processes work in harmony. They work in sync, in harmony, relationship breakdown. That's an oxymoron. They work together. Uh, the process that forms Satan is the process that forms destruction of relationships so you will no doubt see how the relationships closest to you have been destroyed and, and I, I guarantee that anyone can see this um, but more than a point uh, if, if uh, now if, if you're a Christian you go well I believe in Satan but I don't want to become like him I'm going to show you how you become like him now before you before you tune off and you go to yourself oh that's never going to happen to me I don't even touch Ouija boards uh you know, I don't, I don't even read my stars. I'm not into that demonic nonsense. Okay, that, that's good. I'm pleased you don't play with Ouija boards, and I'm pleased you don't follow you know, the stars or whatever. Uh, that's nowhere near where we're going to head. Um, uh, it, it, Lucifer, that was the archangel created by God that developed into Satan. I'm going to show you, we get a, a, a glimpse behind time in a moment I'm going to show you where in the Bible it lifts back the skirt of time And we see into eternity, and we see this clearly I'm going to show you in a moment But, um, but probably Lucifer would have won the vote for the least likely to backslide uh, Lucifer was one of the most powerful, um, uh, resplendent individuals in all of heaven and, and if you would ask yourself the question, you know, who's... Who's going to turn bad? He wouldn't have got the vote that day So you, 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 I'm just saying this to you because you might think Oh well it doesn't apply to me Well Lucifer was one of the most powerful angelic figures um, In all of heaven and it happened to him uh, I'm going to also show you how the exact same process That happened to Lucifer Happened to a, a disciple of Jesus Somebody who learned from the master himself you might be saying to yourself, Well, I know, you know, I know God and I know Christianity. Well, uh, this particular disciple, he walked with Jesus, and the exact same thing happened. So, all I'm saying to you, if you think you're immune, think about the company you're thinking you're better than. An apostle who walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. And arguably, the most powerful angel in heaven voted most least likely, probably you know, the backslide, the closest thing to God that we have up there. If those two figures, this happened to, I wonder tonight if you think, well, maybe I am susceptible, and maybe I better listen because I don't want the personification of evil to be manifest in me. I don't want to become another carrier of this evil that has cursed the world since Lucifer took this pathway. So, do you want to know? All right. Let's turn to, um, to Isaiah, who lifts the skirt of time and gives us a glimpse into eternity, and we see things like they really are. It says in Isaiah 14, verse 12, how you have fallen from heaven, O shining star, sun of the morning. This is Lucifer. You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroy the nations of the world. Uh, you note the contrast in the language there. Uh, sun of the morning, shining star. I mean, beacon of hope. Uh, uh, he was in glory on the one hand. And on the other hand, destroyer of the earth. How does something so full of glory and God and power become so destructive? This is what we're about to be told. So don't, uh, don't tune out because this is, this is powerful. Verse 13, there's a huge key here in verse 13. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven... Sit my throne above God's star, I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. And right there we see how this starts. It starts with a secret ambition. It starts with this closed this, this hidden away desire. Um uh, everything in the world today that you see was created was firstly imagined by somebody. You, you're different from the animals, right? You have the power to imagine. You have the power to create. You have the power to, uh, uh, to produce a future that doesn't exist in the, in, in the past, right? This is because you're created in the image of God. You're an incredibly powerful being. You need to understand that. You're an incredibly powerful being. You had the power to create, the power to imagine. And that is a wonderful, powerful attribute that you carry. Now, like everything, everything that has a power for good has an inverse power for evil. And and, and the inverse power for evil with this fact that we can create is that we can harbour secret ambitions. Um, There's nothing wrong with being ambitious. There's nothing wrong with seeing how things can improve. There's nothing wrong with wanting more. The problem is, is when you keep it from the people, when you hide it, From the people it affects. You see, Lucifer kept this secret ambition in his heart and he didn't tell anybody about it, I guess because he knew it was wrong. But even if he didn't know it was wrong, the fact that he hid it in his heart was the problem. Um, You hear these secret ambitions coming through people when they say things like, Well, if I was in charge around here, you know, Oh, so you want to be the boss, do you? There's nothing wrong with wanting to be the boss. There is a problem with wanting to be the boss and then undermining the boss because you think you can do a better job. That, that, there's a problem there. Um, politics is full of this all the time, and I don't want to necessarily uh, degrade politicians because I think they are a microcosm. I think that, that, that they, you can see it, but it's in us all. And you see how people undermine the boss, and they think, "Well, I can do better. I know better. Uh, I could be in charge. If I was in charge, things would be, things would be better." And this sense of self-promotion, um, uh, which is intrinsic in all of us, starts to destroy us when we keep it from those people who should know. For example, I tell you this works in relationships. Uh, you might be married. Um, here tonight, or maybe uh, wish you were married. (laughs) Um, When you uh, keep something from your spouse that you want them to do, you have this desire for them, but you don't tell them, uh, trouble is brewing. When you expect something from your parents, but you don't make it clear to them, you just expect them. It's like this secret expectation, but nobody knows. And you're harbouring it. You're holding it to yourself. Trouble is brewing. Trouble is brewing. Because secret ambition, you know what it breeds, don't you? Secret ambition breeds discontent. In fact, oftentimes it comes out of discontent. I'm not happy with the behaviour of my spouse. I'm not happy with the behaviour of my parents. I'm not happy with the behaviour of my siblings, my brothers and sisters. Did you tell them what you were expecting? No, but they should know better. If I have to tell them, then it's not good enough. (sighs) And you have all this pent-up expectation, this secret desire that's breeding within you discontent because they are just going through life not realising that your expectations are not being met and you're not saying anything and discontent is starting to percolate discontent is starting to rise and of course hope deferred makes the heart sick right hope deferred makes the heart sick and when you get a sick heart, you know what that means? That means like the things that you're looking for, the things that you want to happen aren't happening, you start to get a sick heart. And a sick heart makes a sick head. And the problem when you start getting a sick head is you start assuming things are right that, have got, that would not withstand the weight of logic. But you've concluded it's the case. You have concluded they hate me. You have concluded they are an evil person. You have concluded things in your mind about those people that if we were to look at it from 2020 light of day, are far from the truth. But because you're involved in the situation, your emotional conclusions are what are weighing down your mind. They're weighing down your heart. And you are just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And what happens eventually, uh, you, you get this 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 discontent Eventually, boom happens. Has anyone ever seen boom happen? Has anyone ever been in a relationship with someone and all of a sudden, kaboom! You thought, where the heck did that come from? I just said this. I didn't mean anything by it. But, and they've just gone off the trolley. Anyone seen someone go off the trolley? Yeah. <laughs> Why do they go off the trolley? Because they've had this secret ambition that's been percolating along. Right, and there's this, been discontent, 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 and then car boom off the trolley. Now, Satan went kaboom off the trolley. I I want to show you. I said we're going to um, parallel the experience of one of the disciples of Jesus that this exact thing happened. He had a secret ambition. What was the secret ambition of Judas? Does anybody know? Secret ambition of Judas was to get more money. How do I know that? Because he had the treasury, and he kept putting his hand in when no one was looking, putting it in his pocket. Because Judas secretly wanted more money. He never told Jesus. He never explained that he thought he was underpaid. He took matters into his own hands, and when he could, he stole from the treasury and stuck it in his own pocket. Judas had a secret ambition. He thought that money could do something for him that it actually could never do. And that's the problem with most secret ambitions. Most secret ambitions come from a belief that, that what you're looking for can change you when it can't. Um, and so mo- uh, most secret ambitions are actually founded in the clouds. And this one was because he thought money could change him. And so uh, he was taking money or, from Jesus all the time. And, and he, was th- he thought Jesus never knew. I want to suggest to you. Here's a thought for you. I want to suggest to you that Jesus knows exactly what your secret ambition is and he's going to put you in a place where you come face to face with it so you can deal with it. Why do you think he gave Judas the treasury? He had 12 disciples. He could have given it to any one of them, but he gave it to this guy because he knew this was the bloke that had a secret desire for more money. So let's give him the money and see what happens. Why would you do that? Wouldn't you give it to somebody else who you think you could trust? I mean, if Jesus knew who we could trust out of those 12, 12 disciples Make no mistake about it But he knew the one with the secret ambition He knew the one who we had to give the treasury to Because he was the one that had to grow um, through the experience well one day so he's discontented he's stealing money he's got the secret ambition he's not happy with the amount of money he's got he's not happy he's not happy and one day this is his boom moment one day they're you know they're, they're uh, at Mary's place and they're all sort of reclining and Mary Magdalene comes in and she's got this um, this box of uh, perfume they say that's worth like a year's salary so it's like a $50,000 box of perfume wow anyway so she breaks it open she pours it on his feet well wow he's so angry right he, he, he's just seen all this waste of money and it's not right and the way Jesus is bound all his money isn't good and then he watched this girl come in and waste his money on his feet well guess what this is his boom moment and he goes boom he can't stand it anymore and he takes offense I've seen this happen you ready for this on our staff in this church <laughs> um, you, All of a sudden, was it, what me? Is it me? <laughs> the one I passed the sop to? Uh, uh, we had a, this. This is a true story. This is a true story. I'm not telling tales out of school. No names. I'd want my staff come to me one day. A pastor on staff here come to me and accuse me. And he thought that everyone else on the staff was getting something he wasn't getting, and he had concluded that everyone was in on this but him. And I don't know how long that was going on in his brain for. I don't know how long he was expecting to get something from me that he never got. And he never got it and he was discontented and he was discontented until one day something happened and car boom oh my gosh. Uh, and i got to tell you Right at this point This is a horrible point You know This is a horrible point You get to this uh, in, in in, You know I can't trust you anymore That's not That's not the words that he said But that's what's communicated And it happens in marriages You know Happens all the time in marriages Happens in churches uh, Happens in families uh, It's this secret ambition I want him to do this I want her to do that Have you told them? No <laughs> I don't, shouldn't have to tell them. They should just know. And your discontent, your discontent is building up, a building up until until it manifests itself in a fence, and offence fence blows up, just like a fence blew up for Judas. A fence blew up uh, in heaven. And the next verse says this: um, Instead, you were brought down to the place of the dead, down to the lowest depths. You said, "I will ascend." Under the heaven, I will set my throne above the stars. And what happened? Instead, you were brought down to the place of the dead, down to the lowest depths. What's going on here? Let me explain. He thought I was going to go up here and sit with God. I'm going to be equal with God. That was his secret ambition. What happened to him in the end? Down in the lowest depths. You know what we're going to call this? We're going to call this relationship breakdown. Relationship breakdown. There's no more relationship here at all. Um, what happened with Judas and Jesus? Relationship breakdown. Judas walked out. He stormed out. Well, if that's the way you're going to run this joint, Jesus, I'm out of here. And out he storms. <laughs> uh, Satan, out of heaven, gone. Um, Dad, out of home, gone. Uh, Child, out of home, gone. Uh, Employer, employee, out of there, gone. Person I told you about before, they're not a pastor today, gone. Secret ambition, secret desire. I want, I want, I'm not getting, I want, I want, I'm not getting, kaboom, relationship breakdown, Um. Uh, that's exactly what happened to Judas And you know what relationship breakdown um, uh, um, manifests, creates You'd have seen this You'd have seen this in people you know You know what relationship breakdown it creates Do you know what the word Satan means? Satan means accuser of the brethren What happens now? I have to justify my separation from him I have to justify my separation from her. I have to justify the fact that I've left that church. I have to justify the fact that I'm not part of that group anymore. So what do I do? I bag them. I become an accuser of the brethren. Wow. What did Judas do? Judas, Judas finished up standing before the religious leaders of the day accusing Jesus And it was on that testimony that Jesus was arrested, right? What's happened here? Judas has become a son of Satan. As a matter of fact, Jesus refers to him as such, a son of Satan. How did he become a son of Satan? How does anybody become a son of Satan? The process is clear. It's the pathway of relationship breakdown. I have the secret ambition, the secret desire. My expectations are not being met. this building up and percolating along. I'm angry. I'm resentful. I'm discontented with you. Until one day it's gone too far. One day I can't take it anymore, and it goes kaboom. We split up. And I spend the rest of my time bagging you, telling everybody what a mongrel you are, telling everybody what a dropkick you are, telling everybody else well, how bad you are, because I've got to do that because I've got to justify myself, right? I mean, I'm the righteous person here. I'm cool here. I've got it together here. But them, oh my gosh, what a piece of trash they are. And so I'll communicate that and I'll become exactly what Satan is. And that is an accuser of the brethren. I'm gossiping. I'm whinging. I'm complaining. And that's how an angel becomes Satan. And that's how an apostle, who Jesus called an apostle, becomes a son of Satan, as defined by the man himself. So you say to me, What's the antidote, right? How do I make sure this doesn't happen to me? Because I'm just telling you tonight if it could happen to lucifer are you any better than lucifer the archangel? if it could happen to judas one of the apostles jesus chose the 12 to be with him if it could happen to him do you think you're any better than that apostle so how do you know it's not going to happen to you you might not want to write these things down, because I'm about to give you the antidote, right? I mean, it's important to get a flu shot this time of year. Ham hey, now, it's important to make sure you do not become a son or a daughter of Satan. How hey, do you want to be a son or daughter of Satan? Nobody. <laughs> so how do you make sure that you don't become one? Gee, that's an important question. And, and, and you need to have the answer. Uh, otherwise it'll creep up on you with subtle stealth, and before you know it, you'll find yourself bagging out children of God. Number one. Don't harbor secret ambitions. <laughs> Just don't harbor them. Just don't harbor them. Uh, if you've got a great idea, tell the person who's in charge and let them even get the glory photo. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, don't keep stuff to yourself in the hope that one day you'll be able to use that power to advance yourself. Uh, you know, information is power. If you're keeping information to yourself, and away from people who need that information because they're the ones who could execute change, you're walking down a dangerous pathway. It's a dangerous pathway. Do not harbour secret desires. If you have an ambition, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Just don't keep it to yourself. Particularly tell a person who is superior, tell your person who's over you, tell them. Just tell them. If you want their job, tell them. Uh, you, you, if you hold stuff to yourself and, and you start sniping and undermining because you're getting constantly dis, disaffected with the way things are going or the direction that people are taking because you know better I've got to tell you man you are on a slippery slope and you need to take this injection tonight this inoculation and put it in the arm you need to take the needle and go you know something I, I, I can see that within me because um, I've, really, I've never seen this end well <laughs> I've seen this happen. As I said, I've seen it happen to my own staff. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it happen in your family. It never ends well. I've never, strangely enough, strangely enough, I've actually seen this happen many times, not just in my own staff here, but I've seen it happen in other churches. I've seen it happen in this church. And I've never seen the person who thought they knew better prosper, ever. Ever. Not ever once. And I could probably give you at least a dozen scenarios where I've seen this happen. I've never seen the person, the disaffected person, who thought they knew better, or thought they were being accused, or who thought they were being, you know, cut out, or, or you know, not being part of the team, or whatever. I've never seen it work once. Never once. It's got to be something in this. <laughs> Number one, don't. Don't um, harbour secret ambition. Number two, we've got a number two up there. Hey, we got them all. Put them up on the screen, honey. They're all here somewhere. They're in there. You should be able to find it there. Uh, number two, um, uh, just remain open. You know, you got to remember that you are not uh, humble yourself. You, you are not the um, uh, the font of all wisdom. to so the problem, the problem here. Is that this guy thinks he knows better? Right? Lucifer thought he knew better. Judas thought he knew better. Uh, you've got to trust God and trust the process and keep a humble heart. Um, will everybody who's over you always do everything right? No. Uh, do sometimes things need to be challenged and talked about? Yes. But you've got to keep a humble heart. The minute you think you, you know, well, I've got this and I know better and blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh, that's where that's where you're in that's where you're in danger. Stay humble. Recognize you are not perfect. You have mistakes. You make judgment calls wrong. You make judgment calls wrong. And uh, and and don't don't think that somehow you have the answers. We like to think we all have the answers. I know that. But we've got to be humble enough to just to recognize, well, you know something? I, I just gotta be open to a critique. I've got to be open to um I I just... What if I'm wrong? Uh, And uh, and then the last one is is just just said stay at the table, Um, stay at the table, Uh, just stay at the table. Um, If you wanted to just leave, you know, you know, I mean by the table, I mean I'm talking about the community, you know, talking about the family table. You want to leave the table? So that's it. You're a mob of mongrels. I'm out of here. See you later. Storm up and leave the table. Sometimes you might have to walk away from the table to cool down, and, but come back to the table. The minute, the minute you turn your back on the table, the minute you go, that's it, we're done. The minute it's over. I'm out of here. See you later. I'm off the table. And here's the thing. If God has built the table, don't leave the table. Stay at the table. No matter how unfair, no matter how hard, no matter how difficult, I've got to tell you, the crying out loud, get help but stay at the table. Right? When God has put together, you know what I'm saying, stay at the table. I've got to tell you, sometimes you want to just walk away from the table. Sometimes the table, you know, you just had enough and, you, and that's it. I'm out of here. You've got to stay at the table because destruction is around the corner. God, how many, how, you know, I don't know how many of you uh, read the story today in the Courier in, in Mail. Um, you know, we've all heard the story about Charmaine. She used to come to this church. And I've got to tell you, you've got to stay at the table. You've got to stay at the table. You're going to accuse people for not doing this, and you're going to accuse people for not doing that. And I'm not wanting to get into into, into that particular because I don't know. But all I know is this: you got to you got to do your best to stay at the table. Now, if there are you know reasons you can't because there's you know there's there's things going on that are un, unrighteous, okay, find another table. But you got to be at some table somewhere. You got to be at some table somewhere. You got to stay at that table. Okay, If the table you're at There's someone who's doing illegal things at that table Okay leave the table No problem leave that table right? But don't just leave the table because you're not happy If it's illegal leave the table For sure If, you're, if, you know, if there's a, a matter of life and death You've got to leave the table um, But if you leave that table Find another table And don't become a law unto yourself Because he who isolates himself rages against all wisdom He who thinks he has all the answers within himself Is a fool you're a fool if that's you. That's where Satan ended up. But let's, 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 let's go reverse it all back, all back, and I've got to finish. It, it, it started with this ambition that had to be kept secret. I couldn't tell anybody because I knew I just couldn't say it. If you're harboring that in your heart, man, I've got to tell you, that's the first step towards the discontent and then the offence. and then the relationship breakdown, and then the accuser of the brethren. Let's stand together. Guys, come and join me on the platform. Father, I thank you for everybody who is in this room, and I thank you for the calling upon their life, and I thank you, Lord, that um, you've uh, kept for us this ancient piece of literature, Lord, that takes us back beyond uh, the creation moment, takes us back before Adam and Eve, back before the Garden of Eden, Lord, back before creation as we know it. Lord, I thank you for this glimpse into eternity so that we could see something within ourselves. Lord, I pray tonight for everybody in this room. Lord, I I know know that (laughs) that everybody... Is going to be challenged that you're going to give the treasury or whatever it is to every person. It wasn't just Judas you gave the treasury to because it was just that thing, but Lord God, there is something within us all and you give it to us to see how we handle it. See whether or not we can triumph over it. Lord, and I don't know who in this room tonight is harboring bitterness, offense. Lord, who in this room tonight is just at the discontent stage? Lord, or the secret ambition stage? Maybe there's those at the relationship breakdown stages. The accuser of the brethren stages. Lord, help us regress this pathway to the righteousness and to the power that's ours. In you. In Jesus' name. Amen and we worship the Lord together. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast.